Hello and welcome to the Wanderings Podcast. I am your host, Pedro Bonato, and today I have a very special and timely episode for you. Today is February 23rd, 2022, and last week I had to leave Ukraine in a hurry because of the possible escalation of conflicts with Russia. As I was leaving Odessa on my way to Istanbul, where I am now, I connected with Yuri Fedinsky. And yesterday we had a great conversation talking about the current situation in Ukraine, his experience sending his four children and seven-month pregnant wife out of Ukraine and into safety in the US. And we got a chance to talk about his current work in music, spirituality and service for the Ukrainian people in a time of crisis with global implications. Yuri is a Ukrainian-American musician, researcher, instrument maker, who for decades has been reviving the lost music and spiritual tradition of the Kobzar. The Kobzar were traveling musicians, storytellers, and spiritual leaders who for centuries went all around Ukraine, spreading their art and wisdom. For the past five years, Yuri traveled around the Western world, practicing the Kobzar tradition through historic songs, which have preserved the emotions and national character of Ukraine. In this episode, we talked about his plan to actually travel across all of Ukraine, bringing the Kobzar tradition to its original land. As you'll hear mentioned in the show, if you'd like to donate to Yuri's uh, Kobzaring tour around Ukraine, you can send your contributions via PayPal to his email address, yurifedinsky at hotmail.com. That is J-U-R-I-J underscore F-E-D-Y-N-S-K-Y-J at Hotmail. And please check out the show notes at pedrobonato.com slash podcast for links to his social media presence, his music, his groups. Sometimes in a time of crisis, we don't know how we can contribute, how we can make our voices heard, our laments and our hopes. And my conversation with Yuri was very inspiring, very enlightening, and I think will bring great perspective to the situation in Ukraine when it goes beyond war, where we can use art for good. So here is my conversation with Yuri Fedinsky. Yeah, cool. So your first new phone in so many years and... Uh... 11 years, 11 years. I had to do it. I had to do it. Right. My cause... last tour was, was, was a catastrophe communication-wise. Because it's in America doing the tour, there's always McDonald's, free Wi-Fi. Uh, but in Europe, it was not, not that easy. And now it's very hard even. They require a telephone number in the country, like in Switzerland, for instance. Uh, right. So I decided, well, war, it's probably... It's good to have communication. Yeah, so, so uh, and, and it comes in, comes in good time too because of all the situation and everything. So yeah, so I guess let's uh, just get right on it because uh, you will be okay. the first repeating guest in my in my oh, podcast. Wow. So uh, I'm very happy oh, sure. to yeah. So for all the people that it's are going to be honor, listening, 
yeah and all the people <laughs> are going to be listening and uh and uh, and watching in this case uh, they can come back and listen to the, our first interview which was i think 2019 and uh, when yes, we yeah, were when right. we met in toronto so i would recommend people to watch that but yuri thank you that's for that's joining that's me in the in such trying times but in any case it's good Absolutely. to reconnect uh, good to reconnect with old friends yes yes it's good it's good to hear from you pedro good to hear from you yeah so you are so like let's i guess let's jump right into it and i will probably i'll give you the floor for for because you are the okay. one literally on the field with this but basically okay. just to give a little bit of context like uh we connected about a week ago when i was unfortunately had to leave ukraine i was in uh, odessa in the south of ukraine okay. and then things were getting a little bit like confusing and then i decided you know okay. what i will bring my wife and we leave we got the first flight on sunday that's a week ago to uh, uh -huh. to to istanbul but then i we connected on facebook uh -huh. that you said trying to get your wife and your kids back in the united states but you decided to stay uh -huh. and uh, continue right. your kobzar work and uh, the the work needed in ukraine which i admire you uh -huh. immensely for the consistency on that so uh that's thank sort you, of like you. the the preamble and right now you, you are in uh, poltava i believe um uh, it's a village a small village kind of between poltava and kiev uh not far from Pryatin, the city of Pryatin. it's a small village maybe 300 people maybe less uh, right. so not too far from kiev it's about about two hours uh going fast i could actually make it an hour Oh wow! So uh, and actually, <laughs> the airport, the airport is even close, even closer than Kiev. So we actually took three trips to the airport uh, to get my family out. It wasn't easy to get out, uh, yeah. but uh, this is one of the reasons why I picked this village, uh, close enough to Burispol, so that when the war did happen, as it is now, uh, we're ready to evacuate, uh, and we did. So you know, <laughs> yeah, and uh, everything by plan, everything by plan. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned that you have four kids. Is that it? And, you, and your wife is pregnant. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. She's seven months pregnant. We expect in in, uh, in April, April. Maybe I'll be there. Hopefully I will be, uh, but we'll see. Uh, the idea was to uh, not necessarily because we're afraid or I'm afraid what will happen. Uh, I do care for my family, of course. I mean, I have a wonderful family. I absolutely love living with my family and everything about it. I mean, we have a really, really, I guess you'd call it a successful family maybe, but uh, there's a spe specific reason why I sent them to, to Raleigh, North Carolina in, in, the, in the United States. Uh, and uh, uh, that was actually the plan to do so about a year ago. Oh, the wow. plan was for us, us all three to immigrate or all, the whole family to immigrate to America for my children to finally learn English because they don't speak English very well. Not my wife. We speak Ukrainian. Uh, but it was so expensive to fly to America that I decided maybe next season, maybe next year. Uh, we don't we're not don't have a lot of money. Uh, basically, I live off donations from uh, Kobzaring or uh, kind of having concerts around around the world, mostly the Western world. Uh, but uh, once. My family started saying, "You're, you know, things are bad. Look on the look on the news. The American news is is, you know, on, on the case. Uh, even that wasn't so convincing, because mm -hmm. uh, who knows what they show in the news? But uh, when America uh, started offering money to Americans to eva evacuate, uh, that means they're really serious. 
Yeah. And that means the situation is serious. We don't have a lot of information, reliable information, even here in Ukraine. Uh, so what I did is, is I called up the embassy and said, you know, is this true? Uh, can because we have, you know, six people flying Ukraine to Kiev, a uh, Kiev to uh, a Raleigh. That's going to co cost about, you know, three thousand dollars if you get a ticket in advance. That's a lot of money for us. That's like we could live for years on three thousand mm -hmm. dollars in the village. Yeah. Uh, so we're we don't like to waste money. Uh, so uh, the embassy said, no, it's not true. We're not giving money. Uh, we only lend money, and it's very expensive because we uh, buy very expensive tickets. So they said that it's better not to, to take the loan, uh, and I decided not to because this is a waste of money. I don't even want to waste, uh, well, for such a thing. So, But the interesting thing was the embassy, I did ask them, well, if we want to get out of the country to evacuate in case the Moscow tanks do come down our road, uh, will my children be able to get out of the country without passports? And uh, they had passports, but they expired last month. Oh. So the embassy said, no, you won't be able to get out at all or go anywhere except Turkey. Now, I don't know right. why Turkey is the exception, uh, uh, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I kind of know why. It's because there is, this, uh, there is a lot of trade going on between Ukraine uh -huh. and, uh, and, uh, and Turkey. And a lot of Ukrainians come wow. down to Turkey to buy goods and then resell in Ukraine. And uh, oh, wow. there is, yeah, there's a new partnership between Ukraine and uh, Turkey that is basically a tax-free zone or something like that it was just announced by Zelensky oh, wow. two weeks ago. So there is a deep connection okay. uh, between uh, right. Turkey where I am right now and, uh, and Ukraine from a trade point of view. So the oh, Ottoman enemies before became okay. friends which is uh which is a great for a great thing but I, I didn't mean to interrupt you i just wanted to mention that but so you're well, your kids... so, so we then... could go to turkey yes uh -huh. yeah yes. so then you were uh well we have a place to stay if we stick around here so the uh if right. uh, in your in your case so then you're saying like your kids didn't uh like didn't have passports so how did you deal with that well interesting situation uh we actually my wife said yuri we, let's get some passports like a month ago and i said listen it's going to cost five hundred dollars to get all these passports maybe it's not necessary maybe we'll get some ukrainian passports because they have dual citizenship ukrainian and american but they don't have they have the internal passport for ukrainian citizenship they don't have the passport that lets you go abroad uh but with the way things were going you know that didn't happen uh so uh once i did call the embassy uh, to get, you know, uh, some kind of financial help for flying out. Uh, uh, I asked them, okay, well, if we need passports, let's, let's go and do that. They said, we're going to close the embassy in two hours, and we don't know when we'll open back up because we're leaving to Western Ukraine. So basically, I live two hours away from the embassy, right? So the absolute last minute... I had, you know, the last, absolute last chance, as they say in, in America, by the skin of my teeth, mm -hmm. I got the passports. Uh, but, you know, physically it wasn't actually possible. I would have had to, to drive 150 kilometers an hour through the snow. <laughs> it wasn't so bad. It was actually a warmer day. There wasn't ice, luckily. Uh, I've never driven so fast on my life. Uh, but uh, I wanted to have the possibility to get out, uh, my children to get out. Uh, if if need be, and but the idea that this is the last, the absolute last minute, uh, the way I see the world and my philosophy and my 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 faith 
is that God talks to us through such signals. We call it serendipity, I guess. It's not a coincidence. This is when God kind of, you know, hits you in the cheek and says, Yuri, go get in the car and get the passports. I have a very good reason for getting your children out. And that scared me. Not right. Putin, not, not anything. That really scared me. So we got the passports. They were very nice. The embassy said, okay, we're closing, but we're, we're going to make an exception for your four children and your pregnant wife. Uh, so, but they, all, but they said even there, you have to do all these documents, all this paper, and you only have like half an hour, an hour. You have to get passport photos somewhere in town. So I'm constantly saying to the children, be good, be, be, be nice, don't, don't fight, don't get you know, angry with one another, because we're still not on the plane, you're still on the plane. So it was an incredible day. After we got the passports, we went to the airport, uh, and I didn't know what was happening. Maybe everybody's fleeing. Maybe it's you know chaos. It was completely calm and quiet, but there weren't a lot of people there. This is very strange. Mm -hmm. It was very quiet for you know a, a Saturday in Borispil, uh, and uh, we made a reservation uh, through some I think Qatar uh, Airlines. It cost $4,000, uh, but we couldn't pay for it because they needed you to have a physical credit card with you to bet, to buy it. I found a sponsor, my father, Eric Brewer, uh, and he said, yes, okay, $4,000 can pay for that, uh, but he couldn't do the charge. Oh. So we made a reservation, and I decided to, to go come back to Buddhistville the next day because we didn't even have a time to pack. My wife did not want to get on the plane just right now. She wanted to leave the house, you know, in order and uh you know feed the cats and and pack wealth for you know who knows how long leaving to america maybe never coming back home so uh we did that uh but the next day uh the airport said we canceled your reservation we sold it to somebody else and i said well how could you do that they said well i don't know but we did it and we can't do anything about it so i said okay i would like another make another uh, uh i would if, at that point, basically, my life savings, I was ready to, to put down to, to get out of Ukraine. We don't have a lot, and I didn't even know if I had $4,000. Uh, but the lady said uh, that the next flight would be the next day. We'd have to come back to the airport. Uh, and that would cost $8,000. So the prices doubled in one day. Uh, and I'm talking to my father and seeing, well, maybe he could order something from America. He has a travel agent. And it took him hours upon hours uh, to get the plane ticket physically in the hand. Uh, that happened that night. Uh, but uh, talking to the agents at the ticket counter in Borispil, mm. uh, I told them, listen, the price are going high. There's nobody here. Uh, you can't get on a flight. It looks like the airport is shutting down. She said, yes, it looks like that. It looks like that's happening to us as well. Uh, and there is, we've had a warning that tonight at 4 a.m., the airspace in Ukraine will be closed and no planes will be flying anywhere. So uh, I decided, okay, let's just, I'll just get my family out of Ukraine into Europe. And hopefully my wife and children who don't speak English, <laughs> my pregnant wife and four small children, Maybe if they can fly, they can be out of Ukrainian airspace, then they can f fly from Warsaw, Poland to, to America. Uh, but the, uh, she said, no, there are no flights to Europe for your, for your price budget. They said the cheapest thing you could get 
was to fly to Paris uh, for $2,000 and then from Paris fly to America. So things are getting very expensive. And I said, okay, I'll make a reservation for Paris. But my father's uh, reservation went through and I said, okay, uh, it, I'm not going to risk my, my wife uh, ha having to, to find, buy a ticket in Paris and who knows what could happen, the stress. I decided we're going to take a chance. We're going to fly out the next day if the airport's open. So we went home, we packed, we got some sleep finally. Uh, and in the morning, we, we very confidently went to the airport. It was a beautiful day. The airport was open. Uh, and I'm asking my wife, well, why did God give us this, uh, this trial in tribulation to, to have to travel three times to the airport just to fly out? Uh, and she said, well, it's probably so that we'll be very happy and confident to do the interviews that we just did. There were five <laughs> interviews at the airport, uh, Radio uh, Free Europe uh, and, and uh, some Ukrainian channels. And interesting that I think that's how that's what what the purpose was. Uh, at that time, I was so happy to get my family the plane, and my children were so happy. They're ready. Can you imagine a child who knows the Moscow the Muscovites are coming? They're bombing. They're threatening to kill. Uh, and the option to get out to get a safe space to go to their grandmother in America, who has a, a new uh, two story house. She loves it. They've only seen grandmother one time. Uh, so for them, this is, you know, there's no question about, about leaving. Uh, but uh, for, for the, 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 the news to fix that moment in Borispil, when we're ready to get, they're ready to get on the plane uh, and uh, with my children, it, it's, it's incredible. You know, these are, these are kind of, uh, you know, uh, journalist dreams. Uh, and for me, it's also my dream to bring some kind of, you know, uh, help or some kind of use of our, of our lives here in Ukraine to uh, show the world what's really going on uh, and through my words and through my family. So we had an interview with, with Radio for Europe and my, my wife too. I have the, the basolia, the, the instrument on my wife's instrument on, on my back. And they say, do you sing? My children don't like to sing with us. <laughs> Typical. But that's in, in the airport to sing, you know, a religious song uh, to, uh, to Mary, Mother of God, to, to protect Ukraine. Uh, in English, Salve Regina. Mm -hmm. uh, my children, what a song my children love, really. We all sang in the airport. Uh, it's on the, the piece. I actually haven't seen it. Hopefully I'll find it. Maybe it's on the internet somewhere. But people from, even in the airport, the guy selling the, you know, the, the ticket for, you know, for parking, even he saw it in like, you know, 10 minutes. So this is incredible stuff. Even in Canada, they called, they said, yes, we saw you. We understand what's, ha what's happening. Uh, and that's how God works. So basically... Uh, the next step of the of the of the of the of the of the, of the, of the trial is should I get on the plane? And uh, I could. It's very simple. I just get on the plane. But on that first day that I decided to call the embassy, I made the decision that that this is not what I should do. This would be a huge mistake for me, for Ukraine, for 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 a lot of things. Uh, but. The three days I had with my children driving through Kiev and through and back going back home to the village, uh, I had a chance to very well explain to them that I'm not coming to America. I'm not going to be with them. I'm staying here to fight the Muscovites to defend my country and to make sure we have a Ukraine to come home to. And that's another reason why we had those three days. 
that my children will understand uh, this whole situation. I mean, you can imagine, you know, they could, they could hate me now. Why did father abandon us? Uh, but I'm not abandoning them. I put them in a safe place. And it's time for me to do what I do. And even my family is saying, you're, you're a bad father. You're a terrible father uh, to abandon your children. You know, what are you, are you doing this for your own glory, for your own career? Is this, you know, some kind of, who knows what, risk your own neck and, and, and prove to the world that, you know, you're brave or something. Uh, but, uh, you know, all that's very tempting. It's all very nice, really. I understand uh, the benefits uh, even, you know, uh, that my career might have had I do these things. Uh, I know I've thought these things through very well. But the main reason is that uh, I don't want to lose Ukraine. And if I leave uh, and we do lose Ukraine, uh, I will feel guilty my whole life that I could have done so much, that I was one of the few people who'd worked my whole life. My life's work is, is to save Ukraine. I'm not the one person. There's lots of Ukrainians who do this. But um, I work with the Kobzar tradition and revive the tradition. It's not just to revive, revive the old music in the tradition. It's to revive Ukraine through the tradition. It's a tradition created to keep Ukraine Ukrainian, to keep it alive. And I believe in that mission. I know the power of the Kobzars. I've seen it over the world through my Kobzaring travels for the past five years. And this is not the time to retreat <laughs> just because Putin shows his teeth or whatever he's showing on, on the border there. Uh, I don't believe in weapons. I don't believe in bombs. I believe in love. Uh, I believe that God is love and the God that I pray to and believe in, that it's a question for us as Ukrainians to defend Ukraine. You have to love one another. You have to uh, ask God, how do we do this? And I have asked God many times. Uh, and the answers that come into my head are to do what you've been doing for these past 23 years. Don't retreat. This is the time to go where no man has gone before. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, to do things which maybe I've never done. Uh, and I realize that God has prepared me through the revolutions, through all the years, the seven years of war. Uh, and I think Ukraine is ready. This situation is not for Putin to take Ukraine. This is a gift from God to prepare Ukraine for bigger and better things, uh, a time when Ukraine will become a leader of the West, uh, not just a part of the Euro European Union. And when I see the positive benefits of what's going on, I have a big smile. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, I'm worried. My, my heart has been hurting. I've never had this for, for the past several weeks. Uh, and that's understandable, but I have such inspiration. Maybe this is what the Holy Spirit, I'm certain this is what the apostle, apostles would have felt hmm. when they received the utashitl, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the one that makes you happy. I'm way too happy. Uh, to, maybe people think I'm a little bit crazy. Uh, it's not craziness. It's preparedness. Yeah, uh, no. yeah, it's, it's wonderful, really. I'm having a wonderful time. It's yeah. scary. You know, I, I think about the worst possible scenario that the Muscovites, Muscovites do come, and when they will come, uh, they say there's a list of people to be arrested. Yeah. I hope I'm on that list. I'll be very uh, disenchanted <laughs> after all these years of work of, of battling Moscow through 
uh, helping Ukraine that they say, oh, he's just some American. No, I think I will be the uh, the sacrifice, the, the the big sacrifice. Putin says the Americans are to, are to, to, to blame. And here's here we have the American who's been, you know, uh, uh, has an evil plot to, you know, divide Ukraine and America. He's doing all these things. He has money from Biden, from Trump, from Obama. Here he is. So it's not. It's, it wouldn't be a pretty picture had I had I been in a Moscovite jail. Uh, it might be better for them to outright kill me, <laughs> but right. uh, I don't believe they can, uh, because I believe God decides when it's time to die, when it's time to go to heaven, when it's time to make that example as Christ made on the cross. Uh, honestly, I'm ready to go. Uh, it's not a big deal as a Christian. Uh, it's not a big deal for me, uh, but I don't want to go. I want to, uh, I'm having so much fun here on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, and, and, uh, that I'm not ready for heaven, you know, it, it, maybe it's nice in paradise, but it's pretty good here. And for me, it's pretty good because the positive benefits are big and I'm a channel for, for, uh, uh sharing the positiveness of what's happening. The cultural unity, I've seen it in the first Maidan, in the second revolution. Uh, and war possibly uh, will be even more uh, spiritual for those who uh, look for that spirituality as, as, as a means of, of, of defending who you love and, and the world you love. Uh, so... Uh, you know, it's as I say, I wouldn't miss this for my life. Mm, right, that's uh, that's that's amazing. It's uh, it's so interesting to see, like at least like me being like a Brazilian guy that is a, a country that usually doesn't didn't get into wars for a long time. We have our own problems, but uh, we we it's not a like we are not in we are not like in Ukraine that has been invaded by all these um, this different uh, uh, throughout the millennia, right? Uh, they've been invaded right, by different right. different yeah, peoples, yeah. and then in the end they became a part of what Ukraine is, which is a uniqueness. Which apparently right. we should mention that this is being recorded on February twenty second, so things may change, uh, and we'll put this out oh, wow. uh, like today or tomorrow. But it's one of those things that things may change very fast. And literally yesterday, Putin right. said that uh, the two regions of Ukraine are basically he's considering it to be independent uh, republics or something like that. But I was what right, what right. I was thinking was as I was walking around that I can sort of like empathize, even though being from Brazil, right. that it's not a warrior nation in a way, and I know Ukraine is not as right. well. It's like leave me alone. And as I was walking in Odessa, seeing all those young kids, basically all Ukrainians, just right, right. playing in the playgrounds and just walking around. And uh, even right. when I'm playing music, like it's Arabic drums right. in, uh, in okay, Ukraine. Okay. And then all these kids, like sometimes we'd play for kids competitions because Ukrainians love competitions of all kinds. Right, right. Then oh, yeah. um, oh. these kids would come and hug me. And it's like this foreigner playing these songs. Oh, wow. and, and I was thinking, cool, I was remembering cool. all these things like all these kids are in jeopardy because of this geopolitical horribleness. And I was thinking, I understand this is even before me talking to you. I was thinking, I understand right. why people stay and, uh, and try to defend their land like it's a new thing for me in terms of understanding that mindset and in a way okay. the way that you're doing it which is through love compassion instead of having 
guns that spread bullets, you spread notes trying to bring love, which Killing. is sort of like Killing. how I how I see what you do, which is why I admire it so much. And uh, right. in the in the same of you, like it's one thing to go to Ukraine with the Kobzar calling when you don't have the the threat of war directly, right, right, and right. it's another For thing sure. when yeah, like when push comes to shove, as they say, right? So uh, it's so Perfectly. interesting. And in your case, like I can see the passion, I can see the the beauty of like how you see things uh, turning out. And I saw recently on your Facebook that you're going to go actually around Ukraine doing this Kobzar tradition and uh, yeah. doing basically like uh, bringing songs, bringing conversations, bringing uh, art and culture to unite the country. So yeah, can yeah. you talk a little bit about that project and uh, feel free to go anywhere you want. Well, we have a lot of experience uh, with Kobzaring me for the past five years in the West, also a little bit in the Ukraine. Uh, but uh, in general, I haven't done any, any mass tours of Ukraine uh, because there's problems. Uh, people don't donate. Uh, the roads are terrible. You need gas. Uh, there's a lot of problems here in Ukraine. We have tried. We actually started last year uh, with the Poltava region. We had about 20 concerts uh, and things were great. We actually covered our expenses uh, you know, we didn't have a lot to bring home to feed the children, uh, but we had great, you know, very success. We didn't have a, a, a minus account, uh, a debt from that. Uh, so the, the decision was made for uh, to do these uh, oblast tours, go to each state uh, and, uh, and do the whole state, do maybe 20 or 30 stops uh, and uh, spread, the, the uh, do the Kobzar tradition, as we say, Kobzaring, uh, to each individual oblast. Uh, and presently, I've been looking at Kharkiv Oblast to be the next one, oh, wow. or some wow. other oblast on the front. Uh, and uh, we have experience with not just uh, my solo Kobzaring, but other ensembles which I have in Ukraine, uh, such as Kore Kozatsky, Karpatyani, Drevo. Uh, we have had lots of uh, activity, music making, festivals. Uh, in many all across Ukraine, but not almost, but almost never, and in fact never, we'd never been to Don, uh, Donetsk Oblast or Luhansk Oblast. And uh, I had a conversation with a friend, and he agreed that yes, the Oblast that we lost, or the Oblast we didn't go to. Huh. Now you might say, well, "This is crazy," you know. Uh, okay, you're you're you know you're full of it. You're thinking that just because you go there, that that oblast will be saved. Uh, and uh, I don't know, but I do know <laughs> the same situation is is living Ukraine. Uh, it's it's not a good question to ask. It's better just to go and do what you can do, uh, and know that you did everything you could do uh, while you can do it. We can't go to the occupied territories in Crimea, uh, Donetsk, or Luhansk. Uh, I'm not, I don't plan to go Kobzaring on Red Square, although once the war broke out, that was the first thing that hit my mind, was to go there. Mm -hmm. But because of the dangers, uh, I decided not to, not, I, that I'm not ready for that. Maybe I will be at some point. Uh, but... Uh, uh, even in Crimea, we actually did have several concerts with Kordikovsky, where we played Kobzar repertoire uh, in uh, Sevastopol, and I believe in Yalta, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. 
But interesting, I had a certain premonition while walking in uh, in the hills near uh, Bakhchasaray in Crimea, and with my friends going these old uh, uh, kind of these dwellings uh, in in the rock, which people had made these caves. And I had a premonition that World War III would start with Crimea. Hmm. And I talked to my friends about this, and okay, we've seen some people, even at that time, it's like 2012, 2009, no, it's 2009, people were driving with Moscow flags. It was very strange, what Moscow flags in Ukraine, but Putin had been, been preparing for this whole geopolitical invasion for years. And not just Putin, this is the Soviet uh, mentality and the Russian Empire in general. Uh, they don't pack up and go. Uh, they uh, perestroy it. They change. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, they change their, their appearance, but really the, the, the geopolitical goals are the same. So uh, when uh, George Bush and the aircraft carrier in, in, I think, the Black Sea said to Putin, you have five days to get out of Tbilisi after Russia invaded, a Ukrainian journalist went up to the Moscovite in, in the tank and says, you know, where are you going home to? You're you going home now, you know. Uh, uh, where are you going to go to next? <laughs> and he says, I'm coming to Ukraine. You know, we're yeah. coming to get you. And Putin said, let your women prepare my soldiers' borscht. So this yeah. was about, you know, 11, 12 years ago. We knew it was coming. We've had this time to prepare. Uh, we didn't make it to Donbass, uh, but we have been to the front. Uh, myself, not a lot, several times. It's a lot. It costs a lot to go out there. Uh, and uh, usually the army doesn't call me because I'm not uh, such a huge supporter of, of guns. Uh, my colleagues who are, you know, uh, they have a little bit different philosophy. Uh, they're the ones to get out to the front. Uh, my word is, is a word of love and peace, uh, but uh, a word that we have to have a border. We have to have distance from Moscow. No. Uh, no allowing of, of the Moscow tanks or, or any influence uh, to get into Ukraine. That's my word. But I, my strategy is through, uh, through God, because God can do everything that we can't do. Uh, the, the idea, I would ex uh, compare the situation, the best Facebook mem is <laughs> Ben David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. uh, we're the David. Uh, we have uh, the potential to defend ourselves. Uh, we have not atomic weapons that we used to. We have atomic turbans. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is my philosophy. I believe it. I'm constantly asking myself, should I go to the front over these seven years and get a gun and fight? I can do it. Ukraine is a Cossack nation. It's just they've, it's it's kind of been beaten out of them for, for a long time, but it's coming back. It is back. Uh, the Cossacks were the most fearless of fighters. Uh, my relatives from the Poltava region where I live now, they had to pack up and leave 250 years ago. Uh, they were professionally trained uh, defenders of the Cossack state, Hetmanshina. But they, uh, when they lost the war with, with uh, Mazepa against uh, Peter the not-so-great, as we say in Ukraine, <laughs> they had to also pack up and leave. They left to Turkey. They left to Ismail, which is a part of the Ottoman Empire at that time. Uh, hoping to, to, to have birth to the next generation and come back home and uh, get rid of the, uh, the slavery, which Peter the Not-So-Great and Catherine the Not-So-Great uh, imposed on Ukraine for the next 
uh, 300 years. Mm -hmm. But then my family and Ismail uh, were joined by my great-grandfather from Kiev, who was of a Kozak stock. He was an officer in the Petluda army uh, in 1921 or 22 when he lost with Petluda. They had to pack up and go, and he left for Romania, uh, the town in Ismail, which was Turkey, but became Romania. And his job was to uh, convince Romanians to fight, uh, to help Ukraine fight and keep the Soviets out. Uh, they said, you don't have a horse, so you can't join the Romanian army. So he decided to paint icons uh, and met his future wife, uh, Larissa Tchaikovska. Hmm. Her father was uh, this, you know, uh, a Poltavian, native Poltavian uh, of Kozak stock, a priest. Uh, and they got married and hoped to uh, return home at some point uh, after she had birth with the next generation, my grandmother and her brother and sister. But when the Soviets made it to, to Ismail and beat my great-grandfather and said, you're not just an, an icon painter, uh, who are you? He had to run and hide in, in the swamp and, and, and breathe through a straw, and his son, Yurko oh. Moshinsky, would beat him. Uh, so eventually they had to pack up and go. He said to his family, okay, we can't all go to Switzerland. It's a risk, so we'll all divide up his, his youngest daughter was, I think, 10 years old. She made it, as well as my grandmother. Uh, they, they said, okay, in one year, we'll meet in Switzerland. Oh. So all these instances of linear harmony, it's, it's in my family history. But to have you know the possibility to have that experience myself, it's scary. It, it's terrible. I don't want it. But I realize God is, is, is preparing me and my children for this cause to come back home, and why come back home? It's not anti-Russian. I have lots of, I don't know, not lots of Russian friends. I have several uh, who I do love and respect, and I, I, I care for them and hope that they can uh, take to bring down the, the, the Tsarist throne, which destroys their own culture. But uh, I very much realize that uh, this, this information is for the benefit of Ukraine, and my family is very important. They have the same genes I do. They have those same Cossack uh, genes, uh, those same, uh, how do I say, genes. Of, many ancestors of mine were priests, uh, teachers. It's in my children. They are made for Ukraine, and I am making them for Ukraine. That's why they're being born here in the Poltava region, not even in Kiev, mm -hmm. not even in America. I want Ukrainian children who have the same cause I do. And when it's time to send them home, especially with my wife who's pregnant, uh, and it doesn't cost anything. I found a sponsor. There's no question. But the, I think the reason, uh, Pedro, that God wanted me to, to take the family is not because we're going to be completely annihilated, but because if I have a family with me, I can't travel Ukraine. I have to be with my family. But if they're in safe territory, right, in Rivendale, <laughs> remember mm -hmm. Rivendale, right. as the hobbits would say, uh, then I'm free to go anywhere and every any and anywhere. I can risk my life. I, I'm not going to risk theirs. Uh, they've maybe maybe seen enough for this for this episode. Maybe they'll see more. I don't know. Uh, I think it's time to to learn English and see an alternative to the Soviet uh, world that we still live in in Ukraine. Uh, and uh, I'm convinced that I must do everything I can. And I hope 
that this is the secret weapon we have had in Ukraine for generations, the Kobzar tradition, a tradition that has kept Ukraine Ukrainian, even when Ukraine has been without a physical border for 300 years, the glue that even under Moscow occupation has kept Ukraine alive. And not just the Kobzars, but also the poets, Skovoroda, Shevchenko. We have other traditions aside from guns. Uh, and that's what I, I, I do. Uh, and that's what I vary. It's, it's a school. Life is a school for everybody. You have to pass the test. You might be killed. Everybody, everybody dies at some point. But my interest is to investigate what we can do as Kobzars, to be an example for my younger students uh, and other students who are getting ready to go with me. It's not going to be a solo tour. I'm ready to go myself. I don't know how long. It might be a month, maybe two months, maybe three months. Uh, maybe a year, I don't know. But when I see all these resources which God has given me, I have a car, right, with seat seven. My father, who has moved in uh, and bought a place, several houses down in our village, he's left. He's in Puerto Rico, right, uh, in safety. But I asked him, Eric, you know, father, would you like to lend us your, your uh, Toyota Sequoia and your huge trailer with a generator so that we can travel with a company of 14. So I gave the word to my friends in Kiev. I was just there. I said, listen, uh, I'm looking for 14 candidates to go around Ukraine and do uh, the similar work which I do. Other Kobzars, uh, other musicians who have a program also geared for uh, helping people pray, helping people believe in God, believing themselves, believing in the power of love, uh, and uh, just yesterday, I announced, I put out the announcement that uh, in two weeks' time, we'll start. Uh, actually, the first mm -hmm. concert has, has been booked for last month, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, the house where Taras Shevchenko, the national poet of Ukraine, lived, uh, just outside of Maidan Nezelezhnosti, the, the, the independent square. Uh, so that's kind of symbolic. Uh, and uh, just now, I'm, I'm now in accepting invitations so if anybody hears this radio program and knows someone in Ukraine uh, who could possibly uh, facilitate uh, having a performance anywhere in Ukraine, we can go anywhere and everywhere. Uh, let, let them tell their friends or family in Ukraine uh, to, uh, to help arrange a, a visit. Uh, and even there's a question of how we'll pay for this whole project. Uh, my car is diesel. It's not too expensive, but uh, uh, Father Eric's car is a gas guzzler, if you know the Toyota Sequoia. Yes. Uh, so we're going to do a fundraiser as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but realistically, we don't need a lot of funds. Uh, and I'm actually convinced that, that God will provide, as he always does. I've never had a tour that is, has been a debt. Uh, so it's not a problem. Uh, but uh, uh, we're, getting, we're getting ready. In two weeks' time, we'll be on the road and we'll be in Ukraine. And if the Moscow tanks come and we have to retreat, uh, we will retreat. But uh, it's only when we see the whites of their eyes <laughs> right. uh, that we'll consider such a thing. Uh, because uh, we're convinced Putin is a terrorist. He wants terror. Yeah. And he has terror without even having to you know, uh, send you know, a huge air force or anything. Uh, so we'll do what we can do. Uh, if all Ukrainians get up and leave, it'll be very simple to walk into Ukraine. That's what he wants. That's what he's, he's expecting. That Ukraine is a bunch of wussies. <laughs> the Ukrainians yeah. don't love their country. They're slaves like uh, 
a lot of Russians today and Ukrainians are still slaves to the Russian uh, propaganda. Uh, but uh, we'll see, as Robert Johnson would say. And when I return uh, again, I'll have a great big story to tell. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully I'll have not just a story, but I'll have an example uh, for the world. I'm hoping American TV uh, will arrange an interview. Uh, they can talk to you know our president. That's great. They can talk to uh, some official leaders. Uh, but I'm an ethnic American. My great my grandmother uh, traced her family to the American Revolution. I'm an Eagle Scout. I'm a, a wonderful example. Even the 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 the, uh, the ambassador in Kiev, uh, the American embassy. He said, let us have a link. You're the best example of what Americans are doing and the good they're doing in Ukraine. So I know I have support, uh, and I hope to get onto American TV uh, to uh, convince Americans that they must support Ukraine. This is a war of the free world against uh, the slave world, against the dictatorship of Russia, and maybe not only Russia. Mm -hmm. There's others in the East who are still communists. Uh, 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 and uh, it's nice, uh, it's wonderful. America is providing dollars. Uh, that Europe is providing some war machines. Uh, I don't know how how much Europe is helping. England is making a wonderful example. They their embassy is still open in, in Kiev. They did not flee. Uh, yeah, it's so nice to have the the free world have this possibility to become united. Uh, against a, a, a threat to the free world. But it's so nice that Ukraine, it's the Ukrainian boys who are dying now and have been dying for seven years. Yeah. Uh, it would be nice to have uh, uh, the support of Americans who also believe in freedom on Ukrainian soil. Uh, I don't want escalation. Nobody does. But if Putin is going to have a, 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 a horde of, of hundreds of thousands It'd be nice to have some folks, at least on the Polish-Ukrainian border, ready to come in. Let, how do I say? Uh, I think the scenario is that uh, 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 Biden will let Putin get to Kiev, but it'll probably the Bush scenario when he'll say, okay, you have several days to get out or we're coming in. So five days, uh, it's kind of scary. I don't think they'll catch me in five days. I'm convinced they won't. But in five days, they can do a lot of damage. I wouldn't like that to happen. Uh, so I would say, let's get some troops on the Polish-Ukrainian border ready to come in when they need to. That's a good plan. Yeah, I uh, think uh, I think what Biden has is like three or five thousand troops in the in the Ukrainian and the Polish border as of now. And uh, oh, wow. yeah, I think that's from from this week or less. So I'm not really sure people have to fact check on that. But it's interesting. Okay. Uh, just one one thing in terms of like the the if people listen to this or watch this and they want to right. contribute because there's so many Ukrainian uh, Americans, so many Ukrainian Canadians. I'm very like big uh, like right. part and friend with <laughs> friends with the Ukrainians oh, wow. in uh, in in uh, in Canada. Uh, if they that's want, that's if people would love to to donate to create this shows to create this uh, tour around Ukraine, uh, do you have like a PayPal or some sort of like way that people can uh, like give some funds to you like uh, into into your cause? Uh, do you have that set up already? Yes, uh, basically, I don't have it set up because actually I don't do fundraisers. This is actually the first one I've ever done. Okay. I have a philosophy. Uh, it's not my, my duty to look for money. 
because uh, God always provides without having to do that. Okay. Uh, I, I do what I do. I research the tradition, make instruments, and, and do the work. Uh, but realistically, I can say right now that I have an American bank account. Uh, and if anybody's interested, uh, you can send a check uh, to my mother, uh, Christine Brewer, uh, yeah. in Franklinton, North Carolina. And I have a BB&T bank account, with, which people can basically send money to if they're interested. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I can convince you uh, to get a PayPal account and just we can put a link because then uh, but it's your it's your choice. Like it's one of those things that sometimes people as uh, they show. Well, as, I do have Pedro, I do have a PayPal account. OK, we'll put on the link here uh, and on the show notes, but they, you'll send me later. Okay, but okay, I'll just I was just saying, yeah, because uh, and that's one of those things like it's not a, I know in your case because I've seen your work for like from afar, but it's not about uh, like gathering money and even this thing we just touched on this and I would recommend people to come and listen to the uh, other episode we did together. But basically you right. do this record so that just a little like uh, like summary of this, you create this besides like the Cobb's art and beside doing like all this, uh, let's say more artistic, religious, right. transcendental work, you also do transcendental work in the create recreation of this ancient, not ancient, but like old uh, instruments from Ukraine that you're doing according to as best we can uh, with the specs right. of how they were, the original Banduras, yes, the yes. original Cobb's. Can you talk just a yes, little yes. bit so people can understand that context as well? Well, basically, uh, the idea is, or the, the, the theory is, that Kobzars were very integral to keeping Ukraine Ukrainian. Uh, under Muscovite occupation, this is 300 years in eastern Ukraine. Uh, a lot of that time, uh, we had the Kobzar traditions. This would be, it was created around the time when the Moscow's moved in. This is interesting. In, in about 1700, that's the Battle of Poltava. A little bit after, we have wounded Cossacks coming home. And uh, there's this idea that maybe a, a, a Cossack who's wounded, he can't fight, but he can sing. We have these, it's kind of like musical therapy or religious therapy uh, to heal, uh, to spread the word. And the tradition was born actually out of this Moscovite contact or conflict where Ukraine lost its independence for 30 years. So the Kobzars existed until 1933 when they were all exterminated or starved to death or shot by uh, during the Ukrainian genocide, when millions of Ukrainians were starved to death. Uh, so for all that time, the Kobzars created and wielded uh, this tradition. Uh, and our belief or our theory is that if we can recreate that tradition and get to know what they did, their technology of, of, of music, music making uh, and uh, uh, preaching, uh, then maybe we can be effective as they were effective. Uh, and because of that, we have to know exactly who they were, what is their philosophy, what is their repertoire, what were their instruments, what was the mentality on a very deep uh, spiritual uh, and, and scientific level. So it's a lot of work uh, because Stalin didn't leave us a lot of stuff, right? Instruments were destroyed, people were killed, nobody's made the instruments for, you know, 100 years or played the instruments for 100 years or let's say 90, 90 years now. So it's difficult, but interesting thing, uh, in the search for this information, we found that it would have been so simple for the Russian Empire to completely destroy the tradition. They tried. Mm -hmm. But always we find some hidden resource, right, mm -hmm. for the, for the, the Bandura playing tradition. One, one, one boy from Kharkiv who 
uh, escaped the genocide. He moved to Moscow. He got a job as some civil, you know, inge uh, engineer or architect. Uh, then he comes back to Kiev and he sees nobody's playing tradition. He starts teaching people. Because this one person, we have repertoire, traditional repertoire, how to play the bandura uh, with the kobza. And I actually show you, right? Here's the, the, mm -hmm. the kobza, here's the bandura, here's the turban. Uh, this is where I practiced, basically. I'm getting ready. Basically, the kobza, the same thing. The last kobza who played the kobza was Stop Versailles. Uh, we don't have any other, almost any other information how they played, what they played, their tuning. Uh, even instruments, there's not one kobza. But because of one ethnomusicologist, Mikol Lysenko, he recorded the whole repertoire of Versailles. Mm. Uh, the same thing with the third nationalist, the Torban. We have nothing except for the last Torbanist, uh, Vidort, uh, also recorded by this, this, this composer and pianist and conductor, cultural diplomat Mikola Lysenko. So when we see that God wants the Kobzars to be preserved, that means he wants them to come back. That means that we have a mission to do this. Uh, as the Blues Brothers said, it's a mission from God. Right. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I'd have to be a complete idiot to say, no, this isn't the case. This is just some, you know, we're talking this, you know, running to the woods, you know, you know, uh, saving Gondor or something. Uh, but uh, uh, we're convinced and we know our worth. And for me to leave Ukraine, uh, this I would be betraying myself, my country, my family, uh everything yeah. everything i believe i would be betraying god and yeah, i'm not ready for that and it, it, it's I'll, so, hopefully I'll, i don't i don't want to ever be uh yes i don't think it's gonna happen it's uh it's uh like from what i see of of your work and uh, even with the temptations of cowardness right but it's uh it takes uh it takes some belief and love to be able to like find and keep your calling and even if you fall at some point you get back but it's interesting what you up. said about the the like this person like that fled to moscow or in your case that right. was in 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 the us and maybe even your kids now like there's all this circle of like coming back to to the land eventually because uh, they will have their childhood in a very let's say very deeply authentically um ukrainian uh way and i think even for uh as you said like that as they say here that uh heroes don't die and i think that uh here i mean in in ukraine i in my heart i'm still there for some for some reason because i had to leave so suddenly wonderful wonderful yeah but You're it's doing uh, wonderful work wonderful work yeah, i will try it's uh it's uh having lived there in uh for like for a while and then uh falling like i was already in love with the ukrainian and then i fell in love with the culture too oh, yeah. and uh, with the potential yeah, of uh and kindness even though sometimes there is the soviet influence of uh, being like in a bad mood or in despair or even sure. learn helplessness there is this right. this the thing that's still like to this day whenever i think about it the, the voices of ukraine that's people trying it's sort of almost like a resurrection that keeps going on all the time like that's is, how i see and um and, and the beauty of the international community because i always as a like world music lover and uh, wanting to connect cultures right. very brazilian thing right. then american in that sense too but like this idea of like when you learn about the culture of another place you right. will it will become part of you and uh right, right. and uh, i think that that's probably the power of the kobzar because if they were uh, in the past and probably as you are like resurrecting today as well uh, to uh, showcase uh. all these traditions and all these things that even in ukraine back then right. it would be 
people that had never sometimes even heard of each other because of the different right. difficulty of uh, of travel and they were the sure. connectors that were making sure that there was a galvanization. I mean, that's my take as a as a an aside, as a person that's seen from a, from afar, and it's yes, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And one thing I'd recommend as you do this, besides getting making it easy for people, especially in the free world, to provide the tools of uh, financial freedom to be able to to go after these things, and it's not that much money that I know that, and you know, you guys will will use it well, but also to document. Yeah, with your phone and uh, with whoever is there, document it and put it out there, like the the recordings that you can whenever it's possible. Yeah, making Showcase. an example, making an example. That's the main the main thing. And for the world, the world is watching. For no other time in history has the world so much supported Ukraine. Yes, uh, it, it's an there's so many wonderful things happening. Uh, and I wanted you mentioned a very interesting thing about these these wandering, uh, wandering wa wanderers, right? Uh, uh, the Kobzari would have looked at the apostles as the ideal example of what they had to be. Uh, and when we, uh, my interest in the Kobzar tradition is this is a, a local Ukrainian tradition, which is a deeply spiritual Christian tradition. Uh, and reading the Bible, you hear about how the apostles did what they do. Uh, you know, who am I to, to, to preach or say something which people might have some interest? Uh, but uh, God gives you the word. I, I've seen this happen. I know the apostle mission, uh, and this is no different. This is uh, today, uh, and I remember many times when I, uh, in Kiev, started reading the Bible much more and stopped being so interested in being on the stage with with playing rock and roll and ethno rock and all this. Uh, really, I, my dream was to become an apostle, and uh, what an honor that would have been but uh, here, you know, the apostles, they had great danger. Eventually, they were martyred. They were killed uh, as their teacher, Jesus. So I'm prepared. Uh, I don't want to be killed, but uh, I have the faith, I think, that it takes uh, to be a Ukrainian apostle. And uh, that's a very serious, a wonderful thing for me. I mean, this is realization, not just a Kobzar as a musician or as a Ukrainian, but this is on a completely different level. And uh, the happiness I feel, I mean, this is really God's giving me the, the power uh, to, to do wonderful things. And, you know, how, how could I possibly have any doubt? So it's, it's not, you know, it, these are steps of preparation to this. Uh, and I want to become stronger. I want to grow. This for me is a school. I'll make mistakes too. Uh, and that's how you learn. You make the mistake and you learn from it and you, you, you hopefully hopefully learn from it. Uh, and uh, uh, really the most important thing of what we do is the example. Christ could have said wonderful things, but the fact that those things were written down and today you can read those things and learn from his example, that's, uh, that's very important. And through even a podcast or an ABC Nightline uh, interview, ABC contacted me. It was, it was a wonderful feeling that the world wants to hear what I have to say but the conviction that, that I do have something to say and am looking, if anybody hears this, uh, get me in contact with NBC, ABC, BBC, uh, uh, not just not for what I have to say, but the true leader in Ukraine is not just Zelensky. Zelensky is doing a great job. I heard him on uh, Munich uh, television the other day. Wonderful. His own words, not the speech somebody wrote for him, uh, but 
the question is, well, who is the true leader in Ukraine? Uh, and uh, it's my best friend, Taras Kompanyachenko. Uh, hmm. And I told him, listen, we have to get to an American television. But the two of us, as musicians, as friends, uh, myself as a bridge to the West, him as the leader, uh, you know, I would elect him as a president, but he would never become president. He's not interested in all the, the dirtiness of politics. Maybe it'll happen, actually. Uh, I think it would be a great thing for Ukraine. Uh, that I'd, uh, If anybody has contact with Western press anywhere, uh, I love to do interviews. I love to, you know, tell, tell, tell what has to be said and possibly that way spread our Kobzar word and, and, and uh, the, the, the voice of Ukraine. Uh, so please contact me through Facebook, uh, Yuri Fedinsky, J-U-R-I-J-F-E-D-Y-N-S-K-Y-J. Uh, do a message request, uh, set up interviews. Uh, on the road, I've, I'll have internet contact, hopefully. Uh, so please, please, uh, our movement, our, uh, what do you say, our, our movement, really, which, which will, movement on wheels going through Ukraine, uh, we don't know yet how it'll be. But I expect it will be something Ukraine has never seen, something the Kobzar Trishan has never seen, uh, something the world will need uh, to be uh, to, to make the decision and support Ukraine or support Russia. You have two choices. And the situation now, I want to say, one of the last things I really need to say, mm -hmm. is this is not about Ukraine versus Russia. Mm -hmm. This is about uh, an evil emperor who maybe he has his own geopolitical interests, but really this is not even about the emperor. This is about who is behind the empire, right? Mm -hmm. uh, some people compare Putin to the Antichrist. <laughs> I do too, uh, without, without, mm -hmm. without question. Uh, but Ukraine is, uh, is what? Ukraine is a history, is a very specific nation that uh, has the possibility to be a world leader because it's lived through so much over three years. No nation has been so much prepared. They couldn't kill us after three years. They couldn't make us into little Russians. And with all that, you give us 30 years, and you have a nation that's, right. that's ready like David was ready to, 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 to take out Goliath. And I think it'll happen. Putin's yeah. not going to take over Ukraine. Yeah, it, the uh, way, yeah, it's for sure a fight between free world democracy and the... Uh harmony and, uh, and good values against uh, people that are, let's say, misled with their ambitions, for sure. Yes, 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 yes. It, it's good against evil. It's good against evil. And people want to know who's the good guy, who's the evil guy. Now, of course, in wars, there's good and, and bad everywhere in both sides. And part of my work is to work with the people in Ukraine who are saying, we want to kill the enemy. I don't want to kill anybody. Uh, I want to uh, understand what Jesus meant when he said, love your enemy. Mm -hmm. That's a different type of fight. Uh, and I'm convinced that uh, the Kobzar tradition is something closer to what Jesus had in mind, how to, how to be the good pastor. Yes, the pastor has a stick. Uh, but in the today's world, uh, the wolf is, uh, is a different type of sort, right? Uh, and uh, uh, through positiveness through love uh, through atomic tour bonds which spread <laughs> love between one another not not destroy the planet we live on uh that's that's what jesus was talking about
Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful way of uh, finishing off this conversation. And uh, I think uh, the work you're doing is amazing. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, share a little bit of uh, of your story. And uh, let's try to get this uh, to you should be on Twitter if you want to get contact uh, uh, even um, I will put the link on Twitter, but uh, Twitter is a place where all the okay, journalists are. Uh, I would put some super, super. clips and things, but it's um, they like for the media, for the Western, like, let's say legacy or like mainstream media to be great, maybe right. catch on other podcasts that are like even way bigger and uh, be able okay. to, to okay. spread the word. But it's uh, wonderful. Yeah, I'm uh, very happy to have talked to you today. Well, I'll try to put this out even today or at most tomorrow so that these things can wonderful, go out wonderful. and uh we'll, then later on you'll send me the links to your uh, to your paypal and all that stuff and then people the, and i'll put okay, links okay. to 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 your to your social media contacts and uh yuri slava ukraina thank you for being with me today slava slava tuchi slava uh, glory to the heroes yes. glory to ukraine glory to the free world and glory to anybody uh, who prays for ukraine uh, your prayers are the support. That's what it's about. This war is not to destroy Ukraine or give Putin, you know, another chunk of the world. Uh, the war is God's gift so that we can, out of our fear, open our eyes, get off the couch, get into gear, and learn how to love one another. Uh, so, uh, uh, glory to all the love in the world and, and everybody who tries to love one another. I mean... So, that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Wanderings Podcast. You can find show notes and links at pedrobonato.com slash podcast. If you like the show, I would love if you could share it with your friends or leave a review on iTunes. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on all social media at pedrobonato. I would love to hear from you. You can find my photography work at pedrobonato.com. The music for the Wanderings podcast is provided by the Blue Dot Ensemble, a music and dance group exploring traditions from all over the planet, where I am one of the founders and the lead drummer. You can find us at bluedotensemble.com. So tune in next week for another show. Until then, I urge you to keep following your curiosity, and I'm looking forward to our next Wanderings together. Thank you.